The World According to Gorf. The World According to Gorf. This episode on the campus of Camp Ramad Darum in the Appalachian Mountains right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. You hear running water in the background, and that's because this stunning brand new Jewish camp is located in a valley between mountains and circumscribed by running creeks. There's running water everywhere you walk. Incredibly beautiful, incredibly relaxing. I'm going to be talking with members of the staff, perhaps some campers and visitors, experts as well. The reason I am in Camp Ramadarom is because over the summer, I teach the Jewish Cartoon Workshop, kind of a live version of JewishCartoon.com. And I actually came into camp a day earlier so that the world, according to Gorf on the Nachum Siegel Network, could spend some time experiencing the special atmosphere that is Camp Ramadarom, which, by the way, has earned the nickname Spa Ramad because of just how nice it is. I mean, think about it. How often do you have a Jewish camp that is brand new? It's so new that there are people here on staff who have been here since the beginning, 17 years ago. So we'll go into a little bit of the history, if I can, of the camp and what its modus operandi is, what its objectives are in terms of Jewish camp and Jewish continuity, and, of course, the most important part of summer camp, having fun. Presently, I'm walking by the outdoor swimming pool, which is in a long row that connects the visitor center where I am staying, which contains a lot of the offices of the staff, the executives. You walk from there through a parking lot on a paved road, which takes you through tennis courts, past a an outdoor hockey rink, past the outdoor swimming pool, and you might hear a breeze. Because we are in the mountains, the weather here can change literally by the minute. So it was warm, sunny, and humid a few minutes ago, and now a cool breeze is blowing through a storm. It will rain here, storm like crazy, replenish all the, the streams. And right after that, it gets sunny again and beautiful. So everybody here just rolls with it. I'm uh, walking towards the Hadar Ochel, which contains three rooms. It's on the upper level. Oh, look at that. Oh, beautiful. There are some ducks and little ducklings. And they have just gone behind the mother who's protecting them while they're eating their snack of what looks like challah. A beautiful black and white mother who's defending her little gaggle and uh, little yellow-flecked black chicks behind her. That's the beautiful part of summer camp, isn't it? It's really a wonderful balance between civilization and being completely outdoors. And personally, despite the fact that I am an artist who sits at the table and the computer drawing all the time, I love being outdoors. Walking inside the Chadar Ochel now. As I was saying, the extraordinarily busy Chadar Ochel is three rooms, the center room that I'm in right now, flanked by two side rooms that contain the older campers, the younger campers in the middle. It's air-conditioned because the weather here is so humid and so volatile, very hot. And it's a really 
beautiful facility. So I'm going to grab a, Hey. Good. The program director, Sarah, approaching me right now. Let's go to a song. I'm going to grab something to eat, and we'll be right back. The World According to Gorf.
I'm seated at lunch in the Chadar Ochel at Camp Ramad Darom with some very interesting people who do interesting things that I want to share with you. So it's very noisy in here, so I'm going to turn over the microphone. I'll ask you to state your name and describe what you're doing in camp. I'm Zachary Herman, and I'm a sculptor from Boston. And I've been invited here to make... We're casting concrete benches with the kids. And the concrete benches are in the shape of trope and have trope uh, in relief around the sides of the benches. So the, the campers and staff can sing the benches. So I have an obvious question to ask you. Midway through, the Etnachta comes where? Comes at the end or the middle? The little wishbone, the middle, right? Oh, so Fasuk is at the end, right? Okay, so do you have an Etnachta in the middle of the benches, and do you have a Sofasuk at the end of the benches? This is the Grand Master. This is the Grand Master. We, what we did was, as the kids were getting together and cutting out the tropes, we found various verses from their bar mitzvah portions. And we use those trope phrases from their bar mitzvah portions. And then I picked a couple of uh, phrases that I particularly like from the Torah. So sometimes you have full phrases, like full verses of Torah, and sometimes just phrases where the tropes go together. But it's a good learning thing. Everything, everything, every pattern that's on the bench is, is something that would be sung in the Torah or Haftorah. Is it like on Mount Sinai where it's floating over the concrete, or is it actually in the concrete? It's embedded in the, it's pressed into the concrete. It's a negative relief. Could you state your name, by the way, and what your background is? Sure. My name is Matthew Marco. I'm a professional carpenter, and I'm a rabbinical student. A carpenter and a rabbinical student. Hmm. Yes, yes, I did. There, there was another Jewish carpenter who became a rabbi before me. Just one. We have another guest sitting across from us. Your name and what you're doing here. Hi, um, I'm Jonathan Lubliner. In my other life, I'm a congregational rabbi. I teach uh, the older campers and also staff teaching. I do some creative programming, and really whatever comes down the pike. I've been coming to Ramah for nine summers now, and I love it. What would you say is the... Oh, by the way, before your wife disappears... Wait, you can't go yet. Quickly, before you disappear, tell me your name and what you do here, because what you do is interesting. I'm Susan Lubliner, and I do Hebrew lettering with in any shape and form that people want me to do, and I teach it to the kids, so... Calligraphy, you mean? Yeah, we could call it that, Hebrew calligraphy. During the year, I am a parent and uh, the wife of my husband, who's a rabbi, but also I do do Hebrew calligraphy during the year, and I do paper cutting, I do um, ketubot, I have made a toad, I made chupot, kind of anything that you can... Cut or glass put etching. Hebrew glass letters. Etching. What? I do glass etching. A whole bunch of things. And you're from Jacksonville, Florida, correct? Yes, we are. I also was a printmaker in my former life. Do all sorts of things. And I recognize you as being artistic right away because you came to lunch wearing a black smock and all kinds of weaves uh, on your wrist and around your neck. And it says seven omanute over here. So. Very nice to meet you. You do. Thank you. So I was going to ask you, if you would, please describe to me overall what the Yehadut program is like here, what the objectives are, and what you would say is the most effective way of reaching kids using informal education in Camp Ramah. I think the overarching goal is, is to create this organic sense of Jewish life that 
learning and living and having fun and being Jewish are all potentially integral to one another and they need not be compartmentalized. Nine, ten, eleven months a year, everybody who is, has any connection with Ramah leads a kind of compartmentalized, hyphenated identity. You don't have a hyphenated identity. While you're at Ramah, it's not a question of American, Jewish, or I go to religious school in the afternoon twice or three times a week. I go to public school during the day. This is my Jewish self. This is my secular self. It really is, is integrated here. So with the Yadu program, it's really a matter of trying to, as much as possible, synthesize the different sides of our identity and, and, and create this sense, not where you're living with one foot in Jewish life and one foot in American life, you're living with both feet in, in both. So there are, you know, for each age group there are themes, but, but where you take that theme really varies. It, it's, not, it's not frontal teaching, it's experiential, uh, it's, it's relaxed, and to the extent that kids don't think of Yahadud as a class is the extent to which you've succeeded. Are there specific topics? Is there a curriculum? How is it organized? And what times of day do they have Yahadud? It really depends age by age because the teachers are all over the age spectrum with the campers. It could be morning, it could be before lunch, it could be um, after lunch, late afternoon. It really depends on, on, the, um, on the age. There are some curricular materials for the younger campers, but um, for the older campers, I, I bring my own. Uh, I create my own. Um, I try to be as, as creative as possible, and um, I, I go in very, very different directions you know, with, with it. What is the primary difference between teaching kids during the year and teaching kids during camp? I think that they're more teachable in camp. That's interesting. Why? Because you have this this canvas. You have an entire canvas of, of, of a community against which to teach. Compartmentalization is, I think, the enemy of, of successful Jewish education. So, to the extent that we can um, take these different facets of their life and not have to follow a curriculum... I'm free to tailor a lesson if I see that we're going in a, in a direction. It's a good direction. It may not be what I anticipated. I'm free to do that. Have you seen any profound change? You've been here for a number of summers. Have you seen a profound change in the way that kids embrace their Judaism from year to year thanks to the summer camping program? Yes. And the way that I see it is, is particularly with those who come back to be staff, I think that that's why Ramah really exists. Uh, we think it's for campers, but it's really for the college age and 20-somethings who come back here on staff. So that's where that's really where Jewish leadership connection and um, creating a, a strong linkage with Jewish identity really really takes hold. So when I see campers become staff. That, to me, is a sign of, of, of success because they work hard, um, they're not paid much, and the expectations are very high, not just in terms of being in loco parentis and taking care of kids, but 
um, they're modeling behaviors. Uh, and if they don't buy into it, then, then they don't come back. So obviously, there are plenty of campers who have good summers and don't come back. But um, a lot of the Ramah staff is drawn from those who were here as campers. And that, to my mind, says something about why they would make that progression and why they would want to be here. Do you have a sense of what the retention is? I couldn't give you any any figures. Um, I can tell you that the vast majority of, of those who come back on staff were once campers. Uh, but what the percentages are, you know, I, that I don't know. Earlier on the waterfront, I was speaking with some of the lifeguards, and it was very interesting to hear their personal backgrounds. A couple of them were college students or recent college grads. A couple of them were recent high school grads. You had a wide variety of backgrounds, some of whom went to prep school, some who went to yeshivas and so forth, and all of whom were drawn to come here. Can you speak to the background of the kids that come here? Is it a wide range? Do they generally come from one area? Uh, and, uh, well, leave it at that. It's a fairly wide background. They come from all of the southeast. And most of them are, are members of conservative congregations, but not exclusively. Um, there is a minority of, of, of Orthodox families who send their kids here because they feel modern Orthodox families who feel comfortable enough. Some come from highly committed homes or day school kids. A lot of them aren't. Children of secular Israelis uh, who just like the fact that there's more Hebrew here. Intermarried couples, day school families, um, we're passing our tables. Okay, I'm just going to talk to uh, the bus while, uh, um, I mean, we have some same-sex couples that are themselves interfaith. I, I mean, it's just, it'd be very hard for me to create a profile. I would say probably... The majority of them come from day school background, only because in, in my community there there is a strong day school presence. It's actually part of the congregation, so uh, the majority of our kids in the congregation go to our day school. What would your sales pitch be to a family that you think would benefit from the summer camp experience? My sales pitch is that if you're going to send a child to a summer camp and you're interested and committed to Jewish parenting and Jewish identity, why not be able to harness two goals at once? What is done here in the course of a month or, or, or two months, I'm not saying I don't want to make invidious comparisons that it, it replaces or it's more important than. I think that's a spurious kind of comparison. It helps provide a connector. It's a wraparound for the year. It's like this is the belt buckle. The experience, especially, I mean, most pivotally of Shabbat as, as a real community because these kids, no matter how great the Shabbat programming is in their synagogue, they don't have that sense of total community. They may go and spend a couple of hours, but when they woke up in the morning and when they walked out their door, it wasn't a Shabbat community. When they left the synagogue property, it wasn't a Shabbat community. Here, for 25 hours, there is that sense of total community. And the kids can't always articulate it, but they know the difference. They spend 11 months a year looking forward to coming back here. 
So for, for those families who would want to send their kids to Camp Arrowhead or Camp Eagle Feather or Camp Hohokus or whatever it might be. Are you making these up or these are real camps? Uh, I think there's a real camp. So Hocus is a town in New Jersey. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. So um, whatever it may be, you know, th- this is um, this is a place where yes, they can go swimming and archery and boating and climbing and and do all the arts and crafts and do all of that stuff. But it's it's that and so much more. Mm-hmm. How many kids we are have, here? From my congregation, 42 campers, and then. We have another staff is another 10. You know what? The best advertising isn't what I do to sell it. It's what the kids do to sell it. Right. It's that cycle that you were talking about before where it goes from camper to staff, and then hopefully they have kids and it continues the cycle and you have committed Jewish people. The the kids sell it to the other kids. Right. I mean, yeah, we do the PR stuff. Uh, We bring people down from camp. We, We show the videos, try to raise awareness. But the single most impressive advertising are the kids themselves. So... And and that's how it should be. The world according to Gorf. This is Gorf, coming to you from Machane Ramadarom, affectionately known as Spa Ramah. Amanu. At Spa Ramah. Woodcutting. Painting the Khamsa. The artistic five-fingered good luck charm that looks like a hand. There is jewelry making where they're using all kinds of metal and stamping and bending and welding and putting in Hebrew letters, and then knitting in the fourth art room, and outside glass blowing. Let's have a conversation with some of the people who are leading the activities and also taking part. So what age group do we have here? What age do we have here? Show off him going into eighth grade? Yeah. And what are you making? This is so nice. How many of you have been here for more than five years? It's my fourth year. Oh, fourth That's year? not possible. It's like, me. This is our fifth year. This is yeah, your fifth year. So every year. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, this is my fourth. But like, no, it yeah. could be more than, because if you went to taste. Yeah, Right, or if you weren't gone, right? We had somebody before who said she's been here for 15 years and she's 15 years old. Yes. What made you want to come to camp in the first place, Camp Ramadarom in the first place, and why did you want to come back? My best friend told me that it was really fun. What about you? Fourth year. My sisters went to camp before me. So they paved the way. I went to Girl Scout camp for like four years before I came here. And what drew you from Girl Scout camp, which is a not specifically Jewish environment, to a Jewish camp? My best friend went here, and well, she used to come every summer. I used to go to her house, and she would teach me all the dances that we do. Like after Jala, we do like all the camp dances. She used to come home, and she used to teach me, and we used to do them in the living room until we both did them perfectly. And listen to like camp music, and I was like, all right, okay. So describe for me so that the listeners who are not camp people understand when are the camp dances going? Saturday nights is, and aren't we do them Friday, right? No, we do them Wednesdays. Wednesdays on the key car. Wednesdays on the key car. So describe to me the location and the big field area. Okay, the key car is this like. We use this as a soccer field, but it's this big grassy area in front of the Hadar. 
where where we eat. Saturday night we do them after Havdala, which is a ceremony that ends Shabbat, the day of rest, and we do it in the Beidam, which is our covered basketball court. And then inside there's a stage, and on the other side of the covered basketball court there's an amphitheater, which has like benches and chairs, and everybody, the whole camp settles down in the amphitheater, um, and on the stage we're all set up and our dancing staff, Sevet Rikud, comes and does dances after we do. What and kinds of dances? Israeli dances, Jewish dances, Hora, the Macarena, what? They're normally popular Israeli dances, and we turn them into camp dances. Some of them like are just random things that camp has found that were cool, that we put dances and we made music to them, and those just become part of camp. What's the most popular dance now this summer? I think Jungo is the most popular. It's Hebrew for jungle, Jungo, jungle, same thing. Um, and I think it's the most popular. I really enjoy it. It's a lot of like jumping, and we made like. Oh, I messed up. Um, sorry. We. Um, it's okay, you're multitasking. I am multitasking. You're painting a thumbs at the same time that you're doing an excellent job, by the way, describing. Thank you. We make the the dance moves. We call them out in Hebrew. So, like, for me, I can be really loud. So I like to call out all the dance moves in Hebrew so the Israelis, who are, like, a great majority, or not a majority, a great percentage of our staff, like, can know the dances moves as well as the kids. The reason I learned Hebrew for, like, right and left and that kind of stuff was because we use them in, like, our dance moves, like, yamin, small, like, and that's how I learned my left versus right from doing the Havdalah dances, the dances. You're listening to The World According to Gorf on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Gorf. I do cartooning. I'm just wandering around and seeing what people do. And what are you doing? Well, we're um, music staff, and this is Shira. We have to go over to Zimriyasa, mm-hmm. which is on Thursday. And then, uh, so once we finish that... Like, in front of... Like, they're performing for the entire camps on Thursday. So we yeah, it's called Zimriyasa. I love Zimriya because I'm also a musician. Oh, really? So, yeah, I'm an a cappella singer and producer and performer and stuff. I would love to sing with you. Unfortunately, I am leaving on Thursday morning. Had I known, I would have stuck around for one more day. I would love to sing with you. Oh, yeah, guys. But I'm only singing with you now if every single person in this room is singing with me. What kind of music do you, uh, do you guys do? For them, most of like uh, easy, simple, straightforward songs in Hebrew. A lot of it's um, uh, some like more modern tunes, but it's Hilo and things like that. Give me some examples. Well, we have. Well, um, we actually have Pete Fuli. It's one of the Zimriya songs for. It's the Zimriya song for Kofalim. Which one? Which Pete Fuli? Rick Raft? Uh, yeah. So we have here Sheer Solalim. Okay. Boys, can we sing it? Yeah. Let's do it.
Oh, you guys want to do it? Okay. No, that was on Hebrew. No, you guys want to do that one? You're listening to The World According to Gorf on jmintheam.org. Camp Ramadarom, and I'm speaking with some younger campers. Which age? What age group are you? What grade are you going into? I'm going to How many of you were here for Nitzanim? So most of the hands went up. But how many of you here are brand new? I see two hands going up. And we have, by the way, about uh, a dozen chanichim here all at one time. For those of you who came back, why'd you come back? It was fun. It was really fun. It was so fun. Friends and what counselors. Like, all the activities, it was just nice to get all your friends friends and have something to do during the summer. Mm -hmm. It was just really fun. Was anybody homesick? I was a little bit. About half the hands are going up. Right, and how'd you deal with it, or who helped you get through it? My counselors. Our counselors, yeah. Yeah, counselors yeah. and friends. Are your counselors yeah. nice? Yeah. yeah. Really nice, really nice. Right, and who's your counselor right here? Shahar. Oh, you guys say it so well? I can't do the Raish. I'm hopeless. Right. Raish. Say my name. Shahar. Shahar. Can't do it. Can't do it. Shahar. You're close. My mom's been Shahar. Shahar, you're from where? Israel. Right, but Ephobar, it's... Really? You know? My sister lives in Modine. Ah. And uh, whenever I need to swim, I go to the Efkorin. It's just the front of my house. Oh, is that right? No kidding. So I pass by your house all the time. I was just there at Pesach. In in the Reut or swimming in Reut is one in Modine? No, Reut. Reut. I love going there because in the locker room is always these 80-year-old, you know, (laughs) army guys standing around telling their stories, and I pretend that I'm not listening, but I listen because they're so entertaining, and they kvetch about, I've got this pain, and i got that pain, and the government is crazy, and the Rosh Mashallah, Meshuggah, and the whole thing. I love Reut, and it's beautiful. It's older. It's lots of flowers. I'm sorry. I'm going off on it. It's fine, but that was really funny. I've never met somebody from Reut before. Shalom. Shalom. Uh-huh. Maimod. How do you like your chanichot? Me'od. They're very cute. Aww. And Thank you. Thanks. I want to buy everything. 
they always say what I do, what I'm telling them to do, and they're very neat and clean and go to go sleep in time and wake up on time, and they're just perfect. And do you have any language problems where sometimes they speak too fast and it's hard to understand them? Yeah, there's, sometimes they, they speak fast. Sometimes they speak in words that I don't understand, but I ask them and they answer me in very patient. And they help me very much. So who's learning more, you or them? Me. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get the job to come here? Are you part of the Mishlachat? Describe yeah. how it works. Actually, I'm a, I'm a soldier now in the army, and I'm in the south, in the desert. I'm guiding infantry soldiers to drive tanks. But before the army, I volunteer one year with the Bedouin. I teach them Hebrew and connect them to Israel and Jewish and everything. We can go to the Mishlachat if we are in the end of our service. How many Israelis are there in Camp Ramadaron? About 20, I think. And how did you decide that you were going to be a Madricha as opposed to, say, on Sevet Sport? I'm a Madricha Ivrit. So was this supposed to be a Kita right now that I'm interrupting? Yeah. Oh, how were you assigned specifically to this machana as opposed to anywhere else that the Sochnut could have sent you? I don't know. I just say that I I like to uh, do religious things. I don't care to keep Shabbat. I don't care to keep kosher. I, I'm not doing it in my house, but it's very, very interesting. It's very fun, I think. It's a very good experience to everybody. So they sent me to, like, Ramah, that this is the direction. And I also said that I like to work with small kids and I like to teach Hebrew because this is what I'm also doing in Israel. So so can you guys describe for me what your day is like? What do you do when you wake up? Well, when you wake up, we go to breakfast. And everybody do, talk at once. We do prayers and then we go to breakfast. And we then do Nipayon, which is cleaning. And then we do the pool or the lake. And then we um, and then we do Yahadu, which is Judaic studies. And then we probably go to lunch around then. And then we do. No, the then we go to um Hoog, which is activity. like an activity that we oh, get to do. Like, like you could do, you could do like drama, climbing, art, radio, romance. Yeah, else no. Ivrit. Romance. No, is not a Hoog. It's everybody has to go to And then. And then we go to lunch, and then when we're done with that, we either go to... Shad Menucha? Yeah, Shad Menucha, which is rest time. And then sport. hour of rest. And then we go to sport, and then we do, like, an activity every night. It's usually Pull different. Pull mm-hmm. Evening activity. Something different, and then we either... What's your favorite one so far? Uh, Yesterday night, we had a pool we party last night. Party. Yeah. Oh, and we also watched yeah. Despicable Me one night. Both of those were like raining. And then both of those were really either good. But it never rains here. It oh, rains all, all the time. Oh, yes. oh, no. And then we either it go to bed. All the time. And then we either go to bed or do one more activity and then go to bed. And what time do you go to bed? Usually around. Okay, actually, I have to change the question. What time are you supposed to go to bed, and what time do you really go to bed? Yeah. We're supposed to go to bed at around, like, 10 o'clock. And we go to bed at around 10 o'clock. Go to toilet. Yeah, because it's, it's a really tiring day, so all you want to do is just Yeah, we sing the Shema, and either they read a story, or it's too late that we don't do it. So Then we have flashlight time. And then we have, like, five minutes of flashlight time, and then we go to bed. Is there Shmirah here? Do people come around and check? 
Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, there's and always a uh, one counselor person. in the bunk, so if you have any problems, you can go to them. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so... Like, if you don't feel well or, like, if you're homesick. And by the way, how are the apples and sun butter? Really good. I ate my apple. Well, yeah. this is... Soy nut a soy nut butter, right, for those who are not allergic to soy and nuts and things. You know, in Hebrew, there is no word for homesick. For homesick. What do you do if you're homesick? That's so interesting. No Hebrew for this. Is it because nobody's homesick? Sometimes you miss home, but it's not so hard like here. Here, um, Why is it not hard? Okay, first of all, there is no camp like this. The kids go for a month. The longest camp is about a Ten days, maybe. So you are missing your family, but not so much. You're not getting homesick. It's not, it's not so bad. And also describe the camps because it's not like you're in oh a, a campground. You camp. put on a backpack and you go. It's some of them. And some of them you're just uh, sleeping under the sky. Um, you build the things from wood and things. I was in the scouts, so we're for ten days, this is what we do. We cooked in the field and sleeping there and no lady. pool, no lake, no tennis courts, no yeah, nothing, but still having a great, awesome time. What's the difference no. between the way that American kids behave and Israeli kids behave? It's very interesting because I can see very different. The Israeli kids, like, they don't care sometimes to eat from the floor or share food from each other to drink from the same bottle we don't have Bro, so many allergic like sick. the american kids have every kid here has so many allergic and sicknesses and no not in israel i think wow. that the american children have very respect american. for the counselors um, yeah, okay. they're very nice very patient <laughs> to others and i can see kids with um, with hard uh, I don't know how to remember. But still, the kids are very patient and nice each other. It's very cool. I'm having here a great time. It's a very amazing experience, but I want to go travel and see the world. I want to be in India, in Thailand, Australia. So I have another plan. Are you going to be teaching Ivrit there as well? No. <laughs> Just travel and have a good time. Good, then it sounds like when I stop in Rayut, you're not even going to be there anyway. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to be there. I, I need to save some money. You're listening to The World According to Gorf on jmintheam.org. So where am I right now in Kepramadaram? I'm by? You're by the climbing tower. Can you describe to me what I'm looking at? It is very wooden, very tall, and rather intimidating. It's the Alpine Climbing Tower. It's a really awesome, like, high ropes challenge element that we have here um, with about 127 I different options. I could spend my entire summer just on this thing alone. Pretty much with all the different ways we climb and stuff. We, okay, you could okay. spend, you know, weeks climbing here and not repeat the same thing over and over again. You're an instructor here as well? Yeah, my first year. Congratulations. Thank you. First year, Darom, or first year do being an instructor? First year working as a counselor and being on climbing staff. I've been going here as a camper. So yeah. you liked it so much that you continued? Yeah, of course. You know, one of the, well, you say of course, but it's but not. A ton of counselors come back. Almost all my, all my friends came back. Why? Just because you, you want to live through it with a different perspective. It totally changed the way I saw camp because now I'm 
I see behind the line things I know, like how things are planned, how things are organized. I know the campus much better. It's just different as a counselor. As, as a camper, you're in this like remote bubble where like nothing goes on in the outside world. I still have computers. And I use my phone when after hours. So like I still know that the world's still going on. Like I'm more mature in the way that I think about like life, I guess. So it's different. And I also now I'm responsible for 16, 11-year-olds. And I'm responsible for every single person who walks in this course. I'm responsible for their life also. It's a lot more responsibility. Would you come back again next year? I'm pretty sure I'm coming back. What's your name? I'm Josh. Josh Winnegar. And you are? Mark Jacobs. And Mark, where are you from? I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And you? Miami, Florida. What goes on in staff training week? It's a lot of meetings and a lot of, like, safety issues and liability issues that need to be covered, like about child safety and ranging of all topics between how to handle situations and such. But climbing staff week, you just spend... All day outside, going through the safety of, uh, of the t- of the tipus and the odyssey, but you got to do it all day long. So I was constantly climbing. It was a ton of fun. I loved it. Did you do all 127 opportunities on no, this? Definitely no. did not do all 127, but I did a bunch of them. Can I, so if I ask you, I'd like to do number 96. Means nothing to me. Means nothing to you. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're not numbered that way. They're just like there's different things you can do, but they're not they're not numbered in an orderly fashion. Like you could just make your own way. What is your involvement in Ramad? I am the cartooning clinician, so I'm teaching cartooning tomorrow. And I actually came to Ramah one day early because I've been coming here for many years now, only on one day, when everybody else has the day off and I am rooted to one place, the uh, Mir Pesat Tefillah, and I never get to see what else goes on in the Machana. So I thought, you know what, I'm coming one day early this time, and I'm going to see everything that I never get to see. You come on Wednesdays. I come on Wednesdays. And that's when everybody's always gone on their day right, off. Yeah, along with the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Which is why, I, for example, this morning I swam in the lake. Yeah, I never get to that, swim in the lake. That you? I that yeah, that was me. <laughs> Going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Was this about a radio show? Not so bad. So this is uh, a radio show called The World According to Gorf. That's me, Gorf. And it's a once-a-month radio show on the Nahum Siegel Network, which is a network that goes 24/6 to cover the Jewish world. And I just enjoy on my show talking to people in the various different places that I visit about all things Jewish. So. Yeah, you have a radio voice. It's funny to hear it. Oh, really? That's... Yeah, like the way you pronounce things is very, very clear. and like. So I see a climbing wall to my left. I see this... This tower of 127 opportunities. Right, the 127 tower of power. Different pathways, but... A plethora of things to do once you're up there. It really looks like uh, something out of uh, Robinson Crusoe that I'm looking at up and here. what we're doing right now as you're here, we're going to set up the swing, which that little pulley device is going to take you up and you know, swing back and forth like a Harry Potter riding a broomstick. It's really awesome. Oh, that's so much fun. All right, I definitely have to yeah, see this. You can stick around. You might not have time to actually do it. Uh, no, 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 no. I will watch. I'm an observant Jew. Right. All right. You're listening to The World According to Gorf on the Nachum Siegel Network. Walking by the Kikar, which is the large grassy field, sports field, soccer field, in front of the Chadar Ochel, where frisbee tryouts are taking place for inner camp. An Israeli shaliach is seated on a log with two 11-year-old campers right next to the climbing wall and the ropes course. And let's take a listen in to see what they're doing. It's the same, it's the same. It's always the same, okay? So, 
כולם לא ירכשו כבוד, יהיה מורם מעם. כולם לא ירכשו כבוד, יהיה מרם מעם. אני כבר מתאמן כיצד. אני כבר מתאמן כיצד לשרוק בקוניזם. נשתדל בבקשה שלא לעשות שטויות. טם 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 טם. משתגע כבר מלך I am keeping my eyes out because the Nachum Siegel Network's own Mayor Weingarten is giving me a heads up that there's VIP in Machana Ramadarom. And I come upon a very lovely young lady with two gorgeous kids. She is tall. She is brown-haired. She speaks with an Israeli accent. And she looks suspiciously like a goldschmidt. Indeed, it is Carney. Well, I don't even know your last name now. It's, go, it's still Goldschmidt. Still Goldschmidt. And Lahav, too. I have two family names. Goldschmidt Lahav, who is married to the wonderful Uri and is the sister in Kolachai. Kolotachai or Kolotachot or I don't know what. Actually, I always say that I'm the only person in the world can, that, say, that can say Kolachai and not lie. Kol with a kaf. That works. And tell me how you came to Machane Ramah Darom. So we live in Yerushalayim, the capital of Israel. Where specifically? Which Shkuna? We live in Arnona. My husband Uri was a camper at Machane Ramah uh, many, many years ago. In the Poconos. In the Poconos, in the Berkshires actually. And then came as a shaliach after he served in the army. came as a shaliach to the Berkshires where he met Jeff Menkowitz. He was a judo instructor, Uri was a judo instructor, and Jeff was, I think, Rosh Machnaut. And uh, a few years ago, we figured, hey, that's a good time for us to um, contribute something to uh, Camp Ramah. And they reconnected, and Jeff uh, was lovely and offered us to come here. What we do is, Uri is a judo instructor in camp, and he's in Tzavet Sport, and I, uh, I am... Here in Tzavet Ivrit, we teach the kids Hebrew. Because you know that Ivrit is Hasafa HaRishmit B'Machane Ramah. Ivrit is the official language in Machane Ramah Darum. You're not just Tzavet, you are the Rosh. That's right. How big is your staff? And how many of them are Israeli and how many are American? My staff, I have seven wonderful individuals. They're all from Israel. I have one person who's still in the army. She got time off from the army, she, and when we're done here, she's going to go back to the army and finish her army service. Uh, I have five young ladies and two young men. No, that's okay. Mashallah. A soldier, Chayelet Shachar, Shachar, from Reut. Who we met a little earlier, yes. and who, who I told that uh, I can't do the race. Very humiliating. <laughs> So how do you like Machane Ramah? You've been coming here already for a couple of years. Describe for me the ages that your kids are at and what their experience is like being Israelis in a very American camp. Eden, my daughter, my oldest daughter, is 11, and she loved being here last year. Her English is pretty good. All the kids' English is good because Uri 
their father speaks English to them. So they definitely understand Hebrew and they can communicate pretty well in English. Gidon is his first year as a camper. And what do you like it? Yeah. Yeah? I really like to be in a, um, a camper. What's your favorite activity? What's your favorite sport? I really like to be in the lake. What are you doing in the lake? I'm doing a lot in the boats and the canoes and like that. Uh, some I also in the water trampoline and also some in the blob. There's also fishes and ducks and yes, um, few couple of days ago, um, we have here two ducks. So the girl little ducklings too, lots of yeah. children walking. Yeah, a lot around. of the children. Is that right? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah unbelievable. There's three Right, so is is one of them Dina? Yeah. I think they're they're. Um, it's, it's it's the other Shtemasar Shvatim that we don't know about. They're all girls, I think. They're all young I understand. Hey, Bonte. So it sounds like you have fun. You like it. Yeah, I really like you. Carney, tell me about the Jewish part of Camp Ramah. I've spoken to people earlier who have said that the importance of Camp Ramah is in Jewish continuity, if I may summarize. That they come here as kids, they grow up to be staff and they value their Judaism and want to continue it, and then in turn have children that come here, etc. The camp allows people to feel good about their Jewish identity. I always tell the campers, it, you know, it's like living in Israel. Shabbat is the day off. Ivrit is the language that we try and speak as much as possible. You know, everything is kosher. So, so basically, uh, it allows you to live a full Jewish life, and be with people like you and have lots of fun. My angle about it is the Hebrew component. I feel that part of being Zionist is being committed to to speak and know Hebrew. And we try to do uh, fun activities with the kids and teach them as much Hebrew uh, as possible uh, in those uh, in those two months. Two months. The kids are telling me that they're having lots of fun with our tzevetivrit. They ha- they can meet young Israelis, cool young Israelis that on one hand teach them Hebrew and on the other hand are actually important role models of how to be a mensch and how to be, again, a, a cool Jew. When I went to Camp Ramah in Ojai many years ago, when we were at any of the Seudot, you had to speak Hebrew. So if I didn't say, meets tapuzim or whatever, they would ignore me. Is it the same anymore, or is the approach a little different, and why? I don't know about every camp Ramah, and from what I understand, each camp is different. I know that the case in Ramadarom is... You can talk whatever language. Yeah, you can talk whatever language, uh, either English or, or Hebrew. Spanish? I, We're in the South. Sp- Spanish, maybe. I don't know if they'll understand you, but, uh, you know, if it's Doritos, uh, they'll probably understand what you're saying. <laughs> Try to do our best and encourage them to speak as much Hebrew as possible. Give me an example of a creative way that you integrate Hebrew and the Pulot. Tomorrow, what we're going to do is we're going to teach the kids about Israeli culinary. My tzevet is a little shocked from the way Americans eat, so we decided together that what we're going to do is teach them a little bit about Mediterranean diet, 
And uh, what we're going to do is make an activity, um, Israeli salad. And when we do this Israeli salad, we teach them about how to say all the names of the vegetables in Hebrew, the colors of the vegetable. We're going to talk about nouns of cutting and mixing and obviously sharing. Maluach is salty. Chamutz is sour. That's a very fun way to learn a, a lot of Hebrew words and to learn something about Israeli cuisine. cuisine. Exactly. You say you were shocked to see the way that Americans eat. What do you mean? I think that the food here is a little bit more industrial and processed than what we used to eat in Israel. We're talking about different ways of, of eating around the world, and it's fun. What are the aspects of camp that you take home with you to Israel? What are the aspects? Wow. Um, well, I think that there's a sense of community here that is very, very special. So being a part also of a, of a community, of a kehilah in Yerushalayim, kehilat ma'ayanot, are definitely some things that I can bring back. Explain to us what kehilat ma'ayanot is. Kehilat ma'ayanot is a Masorti congregation, Masorti. Masorti is the Hebrew word for conservative. We belong to a Masorti congregation in Jerusalem. I think that there's a lot of being, you know, good people su- supporting each other, encouraging each other. There's a lot of will to work and work hard and, and make this place a special place as it is. What makes it special? I think that the staff and their devotion for kids, being a role model, walk the walk, not just talk the talk. The hearts of people are in the right place here, and they're working hard for the campers to be, A, safe, be happy, and, of course, in a Jewish uh, Zionist environment. And speaking of talk the talk, tell me a little bit about music here. Is there a lot of Israeli music? Is it classic Israeli music? Is it new? It's very contemporary uh, music here. Is the latest songs that you can see that you can hear in uh, in the in the radio in, in Israel. The Madrichot Rikud are doing a fabulous job. There's a big thing about Shira and Rikud. I don't know if you heard about our Havdalah, uh, Motzei Shabbat. A lot of live music and dancing and singing. It's very special. What kids are seeing here is that in Israel there they have those cool hip hop songs and. It's pretty much like like the states, but again, the words are Hebrew. Uh, hopefully, the values are a little different. So, Tzavet Rikud and Shira are doing a fabulous job here in bringing uh, Israeli culture into camp. And there's a Hatzaga here as well. Right. The Hatzaga is only in Hebrew. That's the camp play. That's the camp play. And they're doing the Lion King. They're doing the Lion King. Yep. How do you roar in Hebrew? You know? How do you roar in Hebrew? Roar. Roar. Sho'eg. Oh, roar. Roar. You see, I have problems with my race. Right, we make a wonderful team, you and I. (laughs) Is that a lion or a dinosaur? Um, it's need to be a lion. Sounds good to me. I'm scared. I'm going to keep my distance. Carney, any messages that you want to send to Mayor or Nachum Siegel via the internet airwaves here from Clayton, Georgia? I don't know if they'll have time. I'm sure they're celebrating Shimon Peres's 90th birthday. Anyhow, uh, Mazal Tov to, to uh, Shimon Peres and Mayor Nachum. You sent Gorf. It was a drishat shalom, a great drishat shalom for you guys. Hopefully next year you guys will come also. We'll be happy to have you here. Comments? Questions, or you just want to fetch? Go to facebook.com slash the world according to Gorf. Rad Hayom Shemesh Tov. As sun is given way to moon, 
as playing children have given way to the chirping crickets. Night has fallen at Machaneh Ramadarom, and it's time for me to end another episode of The World According to Gorf. As always, you can visit me regularly at jewishcartoon.com, jewishcartoon.com. And for the best in event a cappella music, go to pellaproductions.com, P-E-L-L-A productions.com. And as always, I wish you, my dear listeners, Shalom. Shalom, shalom. Thank you.